This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. This is part two of How Billionaires Set Goals. Last week, we introduced part one of How Billionaires Set Goals. That first segment was about the high-level mindset behind goal setting, why it's so important that we don't set goals when we just look forward, why we have to follow a process called goal setting to the now, going out someday, getting clear on where we want to be so that we can pave a path five years from now to be on track for our someday, so that we know where we need to be by the end of this year to be on track for our five. That gives us clarity on where we need to be by the end of this month so that we're on track for our year. And that'll illuminate the handful of things we must focus on this week to be on track for our month and in alignment with our someday goals. This episode, part two, we are diving into the tools of goal setting. We're gonna be walking you through our model for a one-page business plan. We call it GPS because it's really tough to be on the same page with your people if your plan literally doesn't fit on the same page. We're gonna walk you through one of our most powerful tools called the 411. This is a tool that gives you absolute clarity on your priorities. When we go into companies to do corporate training, this is the one thing we suggest that they adopt. Now, you're going to hear me in this episode sharing my GPS, my 411 with the audience that we are speaking to. If you want to see what these look like, go to the onething.com. Make sure you click on the training page and you should see basics courses for the GPS and the 411. This will give you the tool and it'll give you a training video on how to get started all in 15 minutes or less for free. That's at the onething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Click on the training tab and you will see it there. With that, let's get into this keynote presentation Jay Papazan, who co-authored The One Thing and myself gave at the 2019 Keller Williams Family Reunion Convention. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. We just know from working with so many of you in our community. Can I do something weird? Okay, my sister, my brother-in-law are here, but like, mom, dad, would y'all stand up? Oh, cool. All right. Thank you. Um, As much as I want to credit my partner, Gary Keller, for making sure that my values, my values came from those two people. Yeah! So, thank you. Thank you. All right, sorry. I know. I was Hold really, it together. I was really trying not Hold to it cry together. today. 
wasn't going to go there. Just wait till the inspirational brunch. Oh, gosh. All Isn't right. it right when you're completely exhausted? It's like there. no emotional willpower, just like the tear ducts. <laughs> right. Okay. So we know from just engaging with so many of you, there's all this confusion around goal setting in the now, GPS, 135, 411, time blocking, 20%, 80%. So we talked about going out someday so that you can establish five-year and one-year goals. Now, once you have your one-year goals, do you think every single one of them requires a one-page business plan or a GPS? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, you can GPS yourself to death, but it's just, that's just being busy. What we do is we look at the goals that are really big, that are complex, that may require lots of people when you need them to be on the same page. Those are the ones that you do a GPS for, mm-hmm. right? Then everyone has a 411. This is a tool that gives you clarity on your priorities. The 411 is the relevant information or truth. Also stands for four weeks, one month, one year. We're taking those goals for the year and breaking them into priorities for the month and the week. And how the GPS and the 411 flow together, if I look at our GPS for the year, I'm going to see a bunch of priorities and strategies in order of priority, and next to them is going to be someone's name. I can tell you definitively that priority number one and priority number two for our business are not owned by me. They're owned by Kaylin. I own priorities three and four. It's those priorities that then flow to my 411. Those first two priorities flow to Kalen's 411. That's how you take a bigger vision for an organization and then ensure that every single person is clear on the part that they own. Can I comment on that? Just because there's a lot of ways that people could receive that. And I love that you brought it up. And I don't know that we've ever taught this. So you've got the person that reports to you running the number one and the number two priorities. Yes. That doesn't mean, as the leader of the team, that he doesn't still, is not still accountable for those. Because I'm not going to go to Kalen and say, you're failing. I'm going to go to Jeff and say, you're failing. That makes sense? What I like about this is Jeff had the, the strength of ego to allow someone who reported to him to run with the number one priority because that matched her skill set better than his. And so knowing yourself and understanding who is the best person on the team to run with this so the the business has the best opportunity to succeed, that's a little bit of a leadership journey right there. And sometimes you have to fire yourself to get past yourself. Ooh, say that again. That's a right... What did I say? Sometimes you have to fire yourself to get past yourself. Here, you can drop the mic. Oh, ha, 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 ha. That's funny. Yes, I got one from Jay. But nobody, like we said just a few minutes ago, nobody's going to be extraordinary at everything, right? We've got an amazing businesswoman on our team, Jen Lewis. And, you know, we did over $100 million last year, and she did $40 million of it, right? I'm so privileged that after now going on seven years, she still wants to be in business with us. And it used to be that she would take total ownership of the buyer goals. Guess what? Our number one priority is how many listings we're going to take. She's now our listing specialist. Guess who owns that goal? Jen does. Wendy's going to be accountable to it because if Jen fails, who has to pick up the slack? But that's how on a team a GPS works. You assign it to the best person to run with it. That's their opportunity. We're creating opportunities for people to lead within the team. But you, the business owner, are still going to own that goal. And in that situation, I found myself, when I, when I made that Kalen's own one and two, I realized, 
ultimately the buck does stop with me. So what needs to be on my 411 so that I'm showing up as the best coach for Kalen? And if I look at priority number two for the year, it says 50 weekly coaching question time blocks. Meaning that once a week, I need to sit down very purposefully to identify the questions I can ask Kaylin to teach her how to think so that she can achieve those goals versus what my natural behavior would be, which is to run in, spew a bunch of information on her, wreck everything, and fly away. It would be reactive. So I know that I have to, in my planning time, sit down and look at her 411 and look at the GPS and say, how are we doing? What needs to change? What questions can I ask her so I'm asking instead of telling? Do you hear that? Asking instead of telling? Anybody like, ooh. That's the, the art of coaching. How many people here have a coach? Kudos to you. A great coach, right, is going to ask you a great question. And this is something Gary said. I mean, it took me years for this to sink in. I'm really, really slow at this sometimes. But he would say again and again until I finally got it. If someone does what you tell them to do, it's only because they agreed with you, especially in the independent contractor world. But if you ask a question and you agree with their answer, they're running with their own answer. And people always follow that. So empower them, right? You can coach them. Why do you think that's the right answer? Are you sure about that? What did you look at? You can question their answer. But letting them have the answer is very empowering, and they're a lot more likely to take action. How many of you have an opportunity to ask more than you're currently telling? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Cool. I'm in that club. It's a good one. Okay. So based on your one-year goals, the ones that are big and complex, you do a GPS so that everyone can be on the same page. The items that have... Does everybody know what a GPS is? Great. Well, you just do... You did the 411. Awesome. I will. Do the quick version of the GPS. A GPS is a one-page business plan. It's one goal at the top. That's the G. Then you have roughly three priorities. The major initiatives that if you accomplish those would make the goal possible. And they're ranked in order of priority. And under each priority, you have strategies. Those are the activities you do that make the priority happen. And they're ranked in order of priority. So it might be, we want to realize this much profit in our real estate business and Our business, our number one priority is how many listings we're going to take to make that happen because that's where our profit comes from. And the number one strategy for taking listings for us is going to be, I don't even know because I haven't looked at it in a while because this is Wendy's business. Oh, do you have her? No, you have someone else. But hers would be like, it's either open houses, but I think it's calling our sphere. Keller, what is our number one strategy? Every day people are calling, right? And farming. So we have our number one strategy around that. You see how they kind of tint down? And if that doesn't work, we'll go to the next strategy. And if that doesn't work, we'll go to the next strategy. But they are in order of priority. Yeah. So the GPS is the goal, the priorities, the strategies. And as you can see, like, there's Kaylin's name. There's Kaylin's name. There's my name. That then flows to the 411. They are connected. We'll dive into that a little bit more. Yep. Now, based on what is on your 411... Those 20% priorities, the major big rocks that make 80% of what's possible, possible? That's what goes on your planner and your digital calendar. You're time blocking your top priorities, folks. Not everything. Those are the things you put on your calendar first, like boulders in a stream. Everything else has to flow around them. 
right? You got your lead gen time. If someone wants to meet with you tomorrow at 10 a.m., hey, I'm sorry, I've already got another commitment then. Can I meet you at 12? No one's ever going to ask you what that commitment is as long as you don't give away that you're by yourself. I've already got another commitment. Can we do it at another time? You can protect that time. Yeah. And then everything else, that 80%, it goes on a to-do list. For me, it's the back of my 411. The front of my 411 is my priorities. The back of the 411 is the 80% work. I have to literally make a conscious decision to flip the page over to see the noise. Now let's talk about the time blocking side. We're gonna do a full-blown session on this after this up on the second floor in La Nouvelle if you guys are interested. We'll go much deeper there. But what most people do when they schedule their time is they open their digital calendars, they see all the stuff that's currently scheduled, and then they try to fit everything else in the time that remains. Yes? Yep. And you are violating the number one lie or falling trapped to the number one lie of productivity. You're treating everything like it matters equally versus having a blank slate and very consciously time blocking the things that matter most first. You're placing that boulder in the stream and allowing the water to flow around it and then allowing everything else to interview to get its spot back. Do One I of get the a coolest drop? gifts I... of getting leverage, when you get your business to that level where you get administrative leverage in your business life and you have someone helping you with your calendar, what I found to be the best protector of my time was allowing my assistant to cancel stuff for me. Mm -hmm. If I need to go clear my calendar, I'd say, I remember like last year I was behind on the writing desk. I said, you know what? We had to rearrange Mondays. All of my 411 meetings with my staff were in the mornings. Says, you got to move those for the afternoon. I'm reclaiming my mornings. I probably wouldn't have done that if I had to go rearrange all those meetings. But because I could make that someone else's problem, I was able to stick to it. So it's worth getting good at this so you can earn that leverage because then it becomes that virtuous cycle. Well, I remember talking, interviewing Ben Kinney for the One Thing podcast, and he said that one of, his, one of his assistant's priorities every week is to go into his digital calendar and cancel 50% of the appointments. <laughs> and those people that get the... That so get, much. <laughs> those people get the opportunity to reschedule, but every week he has a system through leverage to reclaim half of his time. And I remember sharing this with somebody who said, yeah, but he gets to do that because he's Ben Kinney. And I just asked, does he get to do that because he's Ben Kinney? Or is he Ben Kinney because he does that? When it comes to time blocking, most of us, we live and die by our digital calendar. And the truth is, if we open it up, we see everything and we have to hunt for the priorities. That's why we created the One Thing Planner. We wanted to give you a tool to block the priorities first so you place those boulders in the stream. And then when you open your digital calendar, you now had real clarity on what you were saying yes to and what you were saying no to and whether or not it was the right thing. I'm just going to go ahead and like cast even more light. Yeah, we did this. We did this because Gary does it. Gary has a month at a glance calendar. And ever for the 18 years I've worked with him, when you schedule time with him, he pulls that thing out and gets his pencil out. And I'm like, here's the leader of our tech company with a month at a glance and a pencil. But there's a reason for it, folks. And I fought it. I fought it. I tried to do, I thought, okay, Jay, if you want to do big things, he said, you need a bigger picture of time. And if you look on your phone, right, you don't even see the full day, much less the week or the month. You have no context. You're making commitments with just a tiny pinhole 
right, view of your time. But in a month, I can look up and I can see how this commitment affects everything else for the month. You need a big view of time. And I fought it. I tried to get an iPad. I would carry it around with me with it a month at a glance, right? And it's still, everything's collapsed down into little colors. And I tried all these different techniques. And finally, I just gave in. I said, oh, I've got to do this now. I'm going to maintain a paper calendar with my 20%. And my digital calendar will be that and everything else. Because we do live in a world where people want to reschedule, right? That Google invite gets moved and everything attached to it moves with it. And so it does require a little work, but it gives you visibility. And this saved me. It saved me. When the one thing was coming out, I got invited to speak at Book Expo for the very first time. And as someone who's been in editorial work for 20 years, that's been kind of a little dream. I never got to go as an editorial assistant, right? That's where the top editors got to go. And I was going to get to go speak. And my publisher was like, great, it's on this date. And I started to say yes, because I was like, that's a Friday. I know I could probably take a Friday off, because then it's the weekend. I know Gary, will, no matter what's going on, he'll give me a half day to catch a plane. And I said, hold on, let me look at my paper calendar. And I opened up my paper calendar And we had decided as a family that we were celebrating my son's birthday two weeks early because his birthday fell outside of the school year and he wanted to do it when he could have all of his schoolmates there. And I remember just picking up the phone and said, sorry, I can't do it. If I'm with you in New York, I can't be here. And so we'll have to try another time. But if I had looked at my electronic calendar, I would have never seen what was next to it. So it does give you a bigger view. Whatever your values are, what you might screw up, and we've all probably been there as parents. We missed the soccer game or whatever it was. This is one of the ways that you make sure that those priorities never get missed. And it seems so analog, low tech, but I'm telling you, it works. It really, really does. The aha for me was I lived in a digital calendar looking at just the day or the weekly view, but I never, maybe I looked forward a week, almost never two or three weeks. But to be able to take a look and to see, I mean, if you guys look, look at the week of April 22nd, um, basically I'm doing corporate training the whole week. And the week before that, I'm on vacation. I'm losing half of a month, but I'm, I've got lead gen goals, folks. So basically, I very quickly can tell I have to do a full month's productivity in two weeks. It just really illuminates what matters and what doesn't. How many people here are a coach? Here's a great tip. This is something that my coach did to me for the first time. (laughs) He asked me for permission to have access to my Outlook calendar. That put the fear of God into me. (laughs) Because I know exactly what he's doing. Because he sees my 411 commitments. Do my commitments to how I'm allocating my time match up? I'm looking at Claire, who's our accountability coach on our team, our poor team. She's writing this down. (laughs) She's like, that's my one thing, baby. Yeah. Chris sitting right next to her is going, oh boy. Okay. Let's dive into the tools a little bit more because what we want to do is we want to share with you some, some very subtle nuances around the GPS in the 411 since this is where we live throughout the year. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Okay, cool. Right away. Yeah, so let me, I'm going to sh- just show you mine just for sake of teaching. Good, you're faster than me. Yes. You know, for the real estate trainings, we really should get a hold, get permission from someone to show a real estate one too. 
Yes. Do you think that's instructive? Yeah. Good. Cool. So what I'm sharing with you are some of the top mistakes we see people make. Okay? So when we look at GPSs, first, we often see the goal. It's usually really vague. Expand my business. <laughs> Do you feel expanded? Great. What does that mean? How will you know if you've expanded your business? Grow my team, okay? How will you know if you've grown your team? A goal should be specific. It should be measurable. And in our case, we usually just simplify it down to profit because that's what business is about. You got to generate a profit. So there's a certain amount of profit that we are aiming for this year. Now, when we get to the priorities, again, usually they're... Can I show a variation on that? I know I'm interrupting you again, then I'm sorry. You know what? I secretly love it. I actually saw someone, um, which I thought, it, it almost met the definition of measurable and how will I know... They put down they wanted to be number one in their market. And I, I went right past it. I thought, that's great. It's measurable. We'll know if you did it or not. And then I thought, wait, how does that lead to the priorities? How do we know? Like, what will it take for you to be number one? And so who was number one in your market this year? And said, oh, they did. I'm just going to make this up. 60 million. And what did they do the year before? They did it with 40 million. So what do you think you have to do this year if you really want to pass them? It's not 60 because they're not standing still. So you ended up having to take it, like even though number one was measurable and all of those things that you just, which is so smart, you have to be able to figure out, like, are we actually on track to achieve this? Just stop and examine it. And they ended up having to say something like, okay, well, it looks like if I really want to be confident, they're on track to do 80, so maybe you have to go to 90. That's how you leapfrog people, and you get really clear about what that is. Yeah. So, sorry, I won't so interrupt you. It, it all starts with the goal. I see people bringing me their priorities and strategies, but they're not actually clear on the goal they're aiming at. So you first and foremost have to identify where you're going, right? And what that looks like. Then when we look at the priorities, we just see them being very vague. So on all of these, we're asking the question, is it specific? Is it measurable? How will you know if you've achieved it? Can you write it in a way that someone else, a third party could read it and know exactly what you're going at? Now, here's the second thing. Are your priorities in order of priority? This is huge. How many of you have heard my Gary GPS story? Just give me a sense. Tell it again. Tell it again. I will. It just always shocks me. Okay. My first 90 days, I had to do three things to keep my job. I had to cast a vision and get Gary and Jay to sign off on my GPS, or I didn't have a job. I had to prove that I could lead with revenue by generating $100,000 out of thin air, and I had to prove that I could recruit and retain talent. And we started with number one. And so I created my GPS, and I walked into Gary's little lair on the second floor. I handed him and Jay a copy of it. And we started going through it. Started talking about priority number one. They asked a bunch of questions. I said, we good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to number two. And pretty quickly, Gary went back and started asking questions about number one. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he must have forgotten something. So I just answered the questions. We good, GK? Yeah. Okay, good. I finished up number two and started talking about number three, and Gary went back to number one. And at that point, you know, people had said I looked like Ben Stiller at one point, but I really felt like I was not in the circle of trust. <laughs> He's giggling like a little schoolgirl in the corner. I know he knows what's up. I'm like, throw me a softball, man. But no, I answered the questions. Are we good? Yeah. So I started talking about number three for about 10 seconds, and he just stops me. And he goes, Jeff, 
do you need to do number three in order to do number two? I said, no. He said, do you need to do number two in order to do number one? I said, no. He said, then do me a favor. Just draw a line between number one and number two. Or even better, rip the page in half. That's what it looks like to focus on the first domino, folks. It's really easy to run around it, right? We talk about that, running down and skipping down the line just so you can think that you're getting ahead. How many times? I can tell you so many times I'll look at my 411 and I've crossed off three and four, but I haven't done number one yet. And that's me acting out of priority, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't done that number one yet, and that's where my focus should be. And this is where leverage comes in. We've got a lot of priorities. It's not like I can just focus on number one. Other things have to happen in the business. Yes, that's why Kaylin owns one and two. I own three and four. And when I look at her 411s, I see activities around the membership first and growing our newsletter second because that's the priorities from the GPS. That's how it flows. So how many of you, if we were to, how many of you actually have a GPS? How many of you need a GPS and don't have one yet? Okay, cool. What's great, it's just one page, folks. <laughs> Get really clear on what matters. And it's not like you're only going to focus on number one, because in a vacuum, that's what would happen. And now we live in the real world. The question is, when you go through your days, are you at least moving the ball on number one first? to the level that you fully can until you can't move it anymore and then you're shifting and moving it on the next thing. One thing at a time, over time, that leads to extraordinary results. We have in short sprints, Gary and I, have written for an entire day, like seven, eight hours. That's not sustainable. What we can do is write for three or four hours on a regular basis. And what he means is, like, could we keep going? Yeah, maybe, but realistically, like even when we're operating at our optimum, on a day-to-day -day basis, we can come in and we can hit it hard for four hours, just like your lead gen. And when we're done, we can move to the next priority, knowing that we really gave that all of our focus, because there's a place where you hit diminishing returns, right? I just know that, come on, you're out there. I don't even know how you're still focused at this point. I'm clearly delirious, and I'm up here. <laughs> There's this place, right, where you just kind of like you're inundated and you just can't go. That's when you can say, all right, it's time to shift. Now I get to move to the next thing. Yeah. Okay? I love that. So the big thing when it comes to a GPS that I would be asking is, number one, are you writing it in a way that it's specific, it's measurable, we're not vague? Are we really clear on what must be done here? And then, are they in order of priority? Mm-hmm. Do you th these are simple questions. Do you think that it's just easy to get that done right away? No, you got to date this. You got to revisit it. That's why the, through the rhythm of the year, like we're constantly coming back to these things. Okay? Sure. But I'm, I'm just going to give them a challenge because there's, there's about half the room they don't have one. My challenge to you is before Wednesday, right? Tomorrow you get to focus all the way through the inspirational brunch. But by 12 o'clock on Wednesday, I want you to have a first draft. Most of you know what your priorities are, and you feel guilty for not doing them. That's just the way it is. We, it's not like these things are the great mysteries. What you might not know for sure is exactly the right number and exactly the right priority. 
then you can start taking that. Go to your team leader, go to your productivity coach, go to someone in your office, right? We have an amazing culture and say, here's my goal. Would you help me out? Will you help me drill down on my GPS and make it better? Will you ask questions around this? And I promise you, with three or four conversations like that, you'll be in the ballpark enough, you can start 411-ing on it, and you will learn over time what is and isn't working, and you'll just get better at it. Don't make it about perfection. Go do your draft, get three or four people to help you make it better, and then start running with it and learning from it. That is so much better than not having one at all. And carry it with you everywhere you go. There's a reason. You saw he pulled his out. He's got it on a piece of paper. That's his bookmark. That way, every time he opens his folder, his calendar to take notes, what is he confronted with? His goals. My priorities. His priorities. It's there front and center every day. And where did I learn that? Hmm? By watching him. And I learned that from Gary, right? Cool. Every time Gary opens his notebook, that's where his goals are. How many of you just had an aha like, oh, snap, you carry them with you? (laughs) Yeah. And when something pops up and you're like, oh, I got to do that, you write it down on your 411. And if it's a 20 percenter, it goes on the front. And if it's a to-do, it goes on the back. Then when you go to update your 411, you just plug it in. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the 411. Uh, this is mine. Just to project forward, we're going to save some time for some Q&A. Oh, yeah. So we have how many more topics left, roughly? This is, this is, this is it. This is pretty much it. Great. So we're going to hit this hard. So be thinking about, if you've got a question about how to implement this, what this looks like in your world, be thinking about it, and we'll ask you to come to these microphones in about five or ten minutes. Does that work for you all? I have to leave. I've got to be at a session with Gary at 4.30, and this session ends at what time? Yeah, so I'm not hanging around. You're going to see me speeding Gonzalez, so I want to get to your questions, and I love that we thank you for managing the time well enough so we can do that. It's almost like I run a time management business. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay, so the 411. Uh, This is a, a, a model. We encourage you to make it your own. How many of you are looking at this and going, wait a minute, I haven't seen that version before. Looks a little different, right? We have customized it. And when we train people in our community, this is the model we use. The left side is professional. Professional priorities. The right side is personal. Now, we've seen a version where it was annual, monthly, and then it had the four weeks. Um, For for me, this is just for me, I need to know have visibility into both my professional and my personal. And we've just watched people that try to do their priorities for the whole month. You don't know what your priority is going to be in week two or week three or week four because you haven't done week one. And we also find that people write things down in week one and when they don't do it, they feel obligated to write it down again the next week because they didn't get it done without ever questioning if it was a priority to begin with. So that's why each week we wipe the slate clean on the weekly section and start all over. Okay. <laughs> Gary asks us a question in the hiring process. When it comes to recruiting and retaining top talent, we ask, how do we give ourselves permission to make our world so big that the most talented individuals in the world can step inside ours, have everything they need to want, and never need to leave? Do you think top talent can have everything they want 
if things are not good in their personal life. I remember him sharing that um, oftentimes when people leave, it's because there's something in their personal life that's not getting fulfilled that they were hoping would be fulfilled by their career. It's not often, it's almost always. I don't think anybody goes out there and tries to be a horrible boss. The professional side should be professional. We act professional. We treat our employees professional. But if we haven't earned the right to understand what their, perf- their personal priorities are, us doing a perfect job coaching them in their professional world could be running amok in their personal life. That's why you, as a leader who works with people, you want that permission. They have to give it to you. You cannot demand that. I think HR rules would prevent it, right? But if you ask permission and earn permission, they're going to share with you what their priorities are. Um, I have an amazing woman who's worked with me for over 10 years. She's been the researcher on our books. Her name's Vicki. And she's had two babies while she's been reporting to me. And each time, like her number one priority for a long time was she wanted to be out of the office at a certain time so that she could walk with her dog and her baby, and she would have her mom on, and that would be like her whole, everything rolled up, all those dominoes. Walk the dog, hang out with her baby immediately, and be talking to her mom. And no matter what else happened, I knew if I could get her out the door at about 4.30, everything else was going to be good. If I hadn't earned that right, I don't think she'd still be with us, because I don't think it would have been normal for someone that reports directly to Gary to be checking out of whatever we were doing together at 4.15, But because we both understood the context, he's like, oh, yeah, cool. She's got to get the job done, but we will accommodate that because that's her priority now. Do you hear that? So you have to earn that, but it's really, really important with your talent. You do not want to lose your talent, not over something that's avoidable. Let's talk about something that is probably going to hit home for a lot of people in this room. It hit home for me. When I was in medical sales, my income got slashed by 40%. And I developed a lifestyle. And when my income changed, I was unwilling to adjust my lifestyle. And things got ugly. It caused stress in my marriage. Things were falling apart. I get chills talking about it now. Like, it's just so painful. I swore that would never happen again. So I moved here. We got on a budget. But then I found out that kids, when they grow up, they get expensive. And in Texas, property tax adjusts every year. And before you know it, I was back there again, where I found, <laughs> I found myself thinking like an employee and not like an owner, making decisions in our business, trying to put money in our pocket rather than figuring out how do we build a great business so that we can make a great impact. And he asked me in a 411, how do you expect us to trust you with the finances of the business if you can't even manage the finances of your personal life? I said it with a lot of love. And then he blew a kiss. (laughs) But he's right. Which is why last year, you see it up here, it's number four this year, track spending daily and 50 weekly family meetings with my wife. That was my number one personal priority last year. And every single week that we sat down for the 411, the first question he asked was, how was your Sunday meeting with Amy? And sometimes that answer was not good. And we didn't earn the right to get off that conversation. How do you think? You did earn the right this year to move it to number four, which means it's going pretty good. 
Well, yeah. how do you think I think about him? That we don't talk about anything else unless that's good. You think I ever leave? No way. This year we figured out that um, being the money man with my wife does not make her love me more. So, <laughs> And the one thing I can do such that by doing it would make her more receptive to the money talk is date nights, which is why it's reflected up there. Mm-hmm. You see how this flows? Are you starting to get a different sense about how important this is? It's not just about success. This is about impact. This is about living lives worth living. Every single one of you has that power to bring this to the people that you care about most. Let's do an interesting example. Kaylin, grab your cell phone. I want a picture of this. Stand up if you set goals. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna, I need to take a picture of this. Okay? Yeah, panoramic. There we go. Here, I'll do okay, the picture. Gonna... You do the class. Okay. <laughs> Remain standing if and only if. When you set your goals, you set them with the people that matter most to you. Otherwise, sit down. That's great. Last year, there were four people. And we were two of them. (laughs) That's why we wanted to document it. Because when we taught this, we didn't even plan it, but it, it just happened. We said, how many of you set goals with your significant other? And everybody but two remained standing from the audience. And we looked at each other and went, oh. It's why we started a couple's goal setting retreat. Because we want to see over time what happens. But just like the personal and the professional on the 411, and we're talking about a professional capacity, what would that look like if you had these types of conversations with your significant other? After date night. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, you have an amazing opportunity in front of you. Not only to gain clarity on the things that matter most to you, but to be the type of person who can turn around and empower those that you care about most, whether they're on your team, whether they're friends, family, your significant other. The moment you start doing that is the moment that your mission becomes purpose-based, not productivity-based. Let's ask some questions. All right, will you please go to the microphone? Your hand went up first. And if you've got a question, we've got about 13 minutes. And we'll try to get to as many of them as possible. And one thing I'll say while they come up, I want to send out an email with just some relevant podcasts to this, some training resources. Open up a browser and go to the onething.com slash planner training. When you opt in there, we'll just we'll know. And we'll send an email out in the next week with all these resources so that you can actually, I know it's a lot now, but then you can drive it and put it into action. Yep. Steven. Jeff and Jay, thank you so much, by the way. You both are incredible presenters. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you question for you is in regard to helping other people with their time management and goal setting. When I'm helping the team or other people, what I find is the idea of clarity 
absolute clarity. Like when it comes to my vision for the year, I've got pages of what I want each area of my life to look like. But when I describe that to other people, it seems to be something that's hard for them to embrace or imagine. How do you help them reignite their imagination and get creative and design that? Great question. I think you start small, right? Think big, start small. Ask them about the goal area in their life that's most important to them. And then start probing. Ask a lot of questions. So why is that important to you? What will it look like if you fail? Is there a price to that? So why that number? Why that time period? Get really, really clear. You can ask a lot of questions, right, to help start painting a fuller and fuller picture about what that one goal looks like. So don't go everywhere with it. Just go one and let them pick. It may not be your business goal. It might be weight loss or something else, something that's actually a higher pain point for them. So go where they want to go with it and then help them paint a really clear picture, right, through questions. It's a skill. If you've never used that muscle, it's a brand new muscle, right? You're like a toddler. You're just face planting every few steps. It's not pretty, but the more you practice, the better you can get at imagining, this is what I want. You know how many people out there are so committed to serving the other people, they never even ask that question for themselves. So give them some space, let them fail forward, but I would start really, really small, let it be around the area that matters most, help them get clarity, and then watch what that happens. Usually when people get clear in one area, they understand the power of no, all of a sudden all those other things start to show up. Does that help? Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. My name is Gustavo Diaz with the Miami Market. Uh, My question for you today is, okay, so you set goals and you're accomplishing all your goals, but what happens when you get to that time in your life where now you have to make that tough decision from making that goal into a reality? Because I'm I'm in my point in my life where I've, I've done all my goals, but now I'm here at this point and I have to make that tough decision to continue going straight, linear, as opposed to sporadic? Do you get the question? I think so. It's, it's kind of like what you were mentioning when you've budgeted in life and now you've, you've gotten to a point where I don't want to be an employee anymore. I want to be a business owner. Yeah. You have to make a tough decision. How do you make that tough decision when you know it's going to be hard, you know it's going to be difficult? How do you take that, that leap of faith or... The, Don't do it alone. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I think you might be surprised. Like, even if you're thinking about incubating out of someone else's business, sitting down with them and being really transparent about it and earning the right, say, I want to do this in a great way. I've loved growing up in this organization. And I would, my dream is to be here. And since you've already done that, I would love your advice. So I usually start when I'm going into the unknown, I want to paint a clear picture. Right? You can start with a GPS, right? What's my GPS for doing this? But then I would sit down with some people you trust. Hopefully that person that you're in their world right now is one of them. And it pays to be transparent, right? Mm. I can never uh, forget uh, one of my first assistants did me the favor of letting me know that six months from then, she was going to be a trailing spouse. Her husband got a dream job. And her fear was that I would replace her and she would lose her job. But that's not the way we do things at Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. So we worked with her to find her replacement. She trained her replacement two months early. And guess what? She didn't get to keep her job, but she did get to keep a job at the same pay level. 
we found somewhere else for her to work until she moved. Most people, if you're working for someone that has the right kind of value system, they'll work with you. Yeah. And at the very least, you haven't burnt a bridge while you do it. But then look at some other people you trust. Get some feedback. Right. The wisdom's out there. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. On the 411, do you fill it all the way out, including all of the four weeks, and then wipe each one clean and start over, or Great. adjust it in a different color, or? Oh, colors. I love colors. That's what I do. Okay. Uh, so you start with the annual section, and once you have the annual section done, you do the monthly. Right. And once you do the monthly, you do the weekly. But do you fill out the weekly for all four weeks, or no, do you no. do one week at a time? Look at my version. There are no multiple weeks. There's only one week, the week that I'm in currently. Okay. Right. He's got his personal and professional goals, and based on what he does this week, that'll determine what he has to do the next week. If you said, I'm just going to make it up, I'm going to read four books this month, and it's going to be one book a week right? And you failed to read one because you were at family reunion this week. Guess what goes on your goals next week? Two, Two books. Exactly. That's how it works. So it's, it's about, this is about teaching you to think, learning to ask the right questions. So many people just have it there and they just blindly follow it without ever really challenging it with great questions and searching for the answer. Right. And that's how the months work too. You just carry it forward. If you didn't get there, you carry it forward. Right. an updated 411. Every week you update it. Yep. That's right. Cool. Thanks. We're going to keep trying to go. It's like speed dating. Uh, George from Orlando, Florida, Dr. Phillips area. I'd like to start off with gratitude first. Uh, listen to your podcast religiously. Um, listen to it two times back. And I'll, you even included my wife. She's on episode 40 right now. Awesome. Nice. Uh, one thing I liked on your last episode, or I think it's the third to last, it says activities are the language of our thoughts, not necessarily our results. <laughs> that, like, that was like the pal for me in my life. Uh, my main question is, I'm always confused, though. On your podcast, you always mention your scenario with Gary Keller where you did your priorities, your one, three, five. And you mentioned that you had priority one, two, or priority one, two, and three, and he made you rip two and three. That's where I'm confused. I know the rules of the one, three, five. However, when you bring up that example, priority two and three, even though they're important, I understand you still have to do them. What, what, did, you, what did that really like, look like? For example, you showed your one, three, five. You're not, so you're going to focus on 2,000 people. Can I answer and then, this? And then the radio. So at that time, how many people were on your team, Jeff? None. Me. Th you One. Yeah. You count. You count. <laughs> if there had been three people on the team, I don't think Gary would have done that. He would have said, whose name are you going to put by each of these? Okay. But because there's just one person, one of the ways you protect yourself from getting distracted is you're going to really hone in. It doesn't mean, you know, he... He tore them off and threw them away, but like it was an electronic copy. It's still out there. Sure. Right? So it's just because there's just one of him, right? And if there's just two of you, maybe you need to tear off number three and just keep one and two until you guys are so on track, you feel like, now let's address that. What you don't want is to have, right, the clearest, the reason, I, I'm going to mess up the quote, it's in the book. It's like the reason we fall short of our goals is not that there's an obstacle, is that there's a clearer path to a lesser goal. Right? I can check that off. That's not progress, right? The reason we fail in our primary goal isn't because of an obstacle between us and that. It's because there's an easier path, a clearer path to a lesser goal. So that's kind of what he was playing there. Gotcha. Cool. You are racking up the mic drops. Oh, thank you. That's, I'm just quoting our book, dude. <laughs> Dan Gervais, Cape Cod, Mass. Uh, thank you both for everything you do. Jeff, I know you're a question guy. I listen to you all the time. One, one good question, if I've got a, an agent that's just believing that all this other stuff that gets in the way is really important, one good question to help her self-discover that 
Yeah. It's just not posted. Uh, here it is. Well, I'm just going to tell it more story form because it just paints it. I want you to imagine all of a sudden, congratulations, you're going to Italy. And you only get to do one thing, literally one. And then a car is going to pick you up. It's already going to have your bags. It's going to have your favorite people. It's sticking you on a private jet. It's flying you to Italy, leaving you there on like a deserted Italian island with a volleyball named Wilson and saying, peace out. <laughs> and that single thing has to make the biggest impact. What would it be? Now, the simple answer to that is if you only got to do one thing this week, what's the one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? Thank you. When people start saying they, they give you an answer as well, I would do this and that. No, no, no. I heard two things. If you only got to do, just pin them down. People don't want to have to choose. And Jeff, hey, anybody that's not listening to this podcast, do it. Cool. I drive to my ski house more with you than my wife. And, and I, more than once, I've taken a long way so I could finish. So thank, thank you. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tony Jean Greco, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So in addition to gaining clarity as well as identifying the priorities, it can also be very challenging to stay motivated, developing the daily disciplines and developing the daily habits to do the action. Mm. Suggestions yeah. uh, of how to focus on that, even if it's uh, additional reading material or resources that you guys have found helpful. Our fa my favorite quote from The One Thing is from FM Alexander. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. And I said, okay, if the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment, if it's about who you become, what's the one habit I can inform that would make everything else easier and necessary? And I knew for me starting out with this, it was the habit of priority, being the type of person who acted in order of priority. And so I asked, what's the one thing I can do to act in order of priority? Well, I'd have to think in order of priority. And what's the one thing I can do to think in order of priority? I whittled it all the way down to a two-inch, tiny little domino. So small that with the flick of a finger, everything else would fall. That answer was, can I just check my 411 before I check my email? Can I check my priorities before I check everyone else's? Mm, ain't it the truth? didn't mean I had to do a single thing about it. I just had to look at it and it was a win. But pretty quickly when you're staring at number one for this week and you're clear that that is the one thing and you're doing something else, what do you think you do? You're more likely to stop and do the thing that matters most. There what? you are again. <laughs> that is so great. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, That's folks. Great. Hey, thank you all so much for coming out. I'm sorry I've got to run. Thank you all so right. much. Great job, Jeff. Well, there you have it, part two of how billionaires set goals. Folks, I know that there was a lot in this episode. And the thing that we want to leave you with is an important concept. Think big and go small. Think big about being the type of person who's clear on where you want to be someday from now. Think big about being the type of person who has a one-page business plan, who updates their 411 every single week, who time blocks their priorities and says no to all the distractions. That's the big vision. And now let's go small. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? You heard Jay share 
in this episode. He said, just make a commitment that by Wednesday, you'll get your first draft of your GPS done. For you, maybe that is your lead domino. You're just going to get draft one of your GPS done. Maybe you just want to get draft one of your 411 done. And for those of you who are in our membership community, maybe you've realized you didn't update your 411 this week. Maybe this is that reminder that you need to get it updated and adjust your time blocks accordingly. Think big, go small. Identify that two-inch little domino that with the flick of a finger, you can knock it over and feel like you got a win. And because you've lined your dominoes up, it will unleash a domino effect where everything else starts to fall. If you would like support on how to use these tools, that is what our membership community is for. We know that most of us are not surrounded by people who have a GPS, who update their 411 on a weekly basis. It's why we created this community. What do you think becomes possible when you are in relationship with people who are all having these conversations on a regular basis? It's truly extraordinary what can happen. Now is the time to act. On April 1st, we are increasing the price of our membership community by 20%. And because we want to make this a super easy decision for you, when you go to the one thing.com, that's with the number one in the URL, slash membership, you can get started for free for two weeks. We also have a full money back guarantee on it. We're going to give you lots of runway to try this thing out with zero risk, but you have to act now. April 1st, the prices are going up to reflect all the added value that we have been bringing over the last six months. So go to the onething.com slash membership today and get started with your two-week free trial. If this episode has helped you, please share it. Share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this. And we would really encourage you to be the type of person who not only gets their first draft of their GPS or gets their draft of their 411 done, but you turn around and you try to teach it to someone else. Regardless of where you are, no matter how good you think you are on your path of mastery, you already know more than probably most of the people in your world. Start turning around and helping them as well. If you're one of those people who's listening to this for the first time, welcome and click that subscribe button. All future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. And if it's really helped you, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It means the world to us. We read every single one. Thanks so much, folks. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.